she wrote a book. This is her second, it's a novel, but it's based on real people and real events. And it's a story that has characters both from the Palestinian and the Israeli side because mm. you think about a conflict and you, obviously the, the Palestinians are... They're not the ones with the weapons and the the wealth, but the Israelis are still suffering. You know, they're mm. still having to send their children uh, conscription. You know, and, and there's still that that tension, and it's not a nice way to live. For Everybody's losing here. Everybody's Everybody. losing. Everybody is losing. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapleford Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two in a five-part series with Kim Thompson from Raw Coffee in Dubai. We are talking about the Artists of Palestine, a project that Kim and her co-founders are working on. Um, and in this episode, we're going to start talking about the some of the businesses that are involved as a part of that project. As we go into this conversation... Kim and I are hyper aware of the fact that we can't we can't fix the political side of any of this. And we're not trying to fix the political side of any of this. The political side of this is for people who want to play interesting games. Um, and the politics is way above any of us. What we can do as people is participate in actually fixing the little things. And hopefully a lot of little things and a lot of kind acts put together start to amount to real actual change that ends up rising above the politics. And that's what Artists of Palestine is for me. Artists of Palestine is an example. And what you're doing, Kim, is an example of a functional way that we can be a part of ignoring, <laughs> ignoring is the wrong word, dissociating from what's going on with the politics and just being a part of the solution? Well, I think it's, you know, I'm, I know the coffee industry. Mm -hmm. So it's taking bits of the coffee industry that you know can successfully make a big impact, you know, mm -hmm. with the direct trade and sharing knowledge that you might see, um, talking to your producers to know how you can help them with their bigger bigger issues that they might have you know they have cash flow issues too yeah you know there's all these sorts of things you can do you can you can find out okay so when would the best time of the year be for you for us to order the coffee and like it's communication mm -hmm. and it's finding it's using that relationship building to strengthen both your positions I think that mm -hmm. and 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 it was really just taking those um things that we've learned through the years with our business and trying on very small scale, thinking how we could apply those. And then um, Lisa, who is the founder and I'm the co-founder of Artisans of Palestine, she has um, a far more, she's very calm, very matter of fact, ex-lawyer. She was here, uh, she was a lawyer for 25 years. She's very, she, she likes, she's very informed, mm -hmm. and, but she's still, she's a woman. She's a, she's a mother. She's like me in that she's not political. She, she just believes in humanity. And the, the Palestine hub as a, as a um, enterprise is, is, is a really essential part of the, the idea. 
artisans is taking it down to the retail side of things really mm-hmm. where you actually you buy product from them you pay for the logistics you we donate our time and setups and take it to markets and we're trying to find um nice stores where we can also introduce the product we found some already and then something that has happened which was a byproduct of that is that it it allows you to calmly open dialogue just so that people can mm-hmm. connect on a human level with, with the people that are making the products. And I think the first business I would like to talk about, which isn't really even a business, but it's Lisa's book. So Lisa awesome. went, uh, yeah, I think in 1988, she was in, um, she went to Israel uh, as a young um, uh, lawyer <laughs> and did some, did a, a thesis and she was there. She, like me and actually all the other people I know that went there, really, really liked the people. Um, she wrote a book. This is her second, it's a novel, but it's based on real people and real events. And it's a story that has characters both from the Palestinian and the Israeli side because mm. you think about a conflict and you, you obviously... The, the Palestinians are they're not the ones with the weapons and the the wealth and, but the Israelis are still suffering you know they're mm. still having to send their children uh conscription you know and, and there's still that that tension and it's not a nice way to live for everybody's losing here everybody's Everybody, losing everybody is losing and This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mapper Forward's first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, available now online for you to learn at your own pace with a certificate available upon completion. Click the link in the show notes to access today for just 50 euros. Um, This book is called People Like Us Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's an, you can buy it on Amazon. There'll be a link in the show notes, folks. It's a really good way of of reading stories to understand impact to both sides mm. of, of of this conflict. It's not it's not a history lesson. It's um it's it's a novel. It's quite an easy read. You can identify with the characters. And I remember the first time I met Lisa, she was thinking about this as an idea. And then she and her husband went back multiple times to select to find the right people to talk to, to interview them, to get these stories. And then to weave it together as a novel, and it's really it's a it's you you there are times where there's humour, there there are there are shocking sections where you cry, and you, at the end of the book, I think you you can come away with a little bit more understanding of 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 not from a political perspective or a religious perspective, but from a human's perspective of what of what awesome. the, the life is like there for people to be living and. Um, Lisa's done multiple um, book readings and she's invited actually to talk a lot now around the place about it because she's a very level, um, she's emotional still, but it's from a, a very level perspective. Mm. So it's not threatening balanced. Anybody. Yeah, very balanced. Um, and she's a, a, a fantastic business partner to have in this enterprise because I am 
quite emotional. But that's just my personality. That so I say all of us. Someone. You're in good company. <laughs> so for me, it's really good to have someone who's very calm, really level-headed. Um, she has a really good business head on her. I, um, I want to try and probably help people, and I'm not quite as practical. So it's mm. good for me because I think she can level me out. But I think it's a very good example of, and there are other people that are volunteering and helping as well. There. And I think there are, it's a very good example of what we're trying to do because it could be replicated. If, you know, I think about what we did when there were floods in Rwanda and how we all pitched together as roasters around the world mm. to try and donate their money during COVID, you know, mm -hmm. it, it could be a community, an initiative that we could apply to anywhere. Right. Because right. we we have technology now, we can have meetings on Zoom. Yeah, we're we're currently we're interviewing at the moment uh, a woman who's doing uh, who has a, a society helping artists in the right. West Bank, and she has some amazing and they're actually artists that have disabilities, either intellectual or physical disabilities, and some of the art the art is just incredible. And then, it, like, we don't know anything about art, so we mm. try to involve some other people that have galleries down here to ask them what they think could help, um, where, that, where there, there might be an opportunity where we can help them get their art, maybe right. an exhibition that, that might be on, or maybe we put it on T-shirts or tote bags. You know, there, there may be other avenues that we can mm. look at, and it's just basically using our network. And in a way, when you're a coffee in the coffee industry, something I've realised is, yeah, that you know people drink coffee as they're doing business a lot of the mm. time, and we have a like a I don't know how many seats we have in the roastery, but maybe two hundred seater cafe in our roastery. It's quite big, and mm. I can see people and go, oh my gosh, you have to come and meet this lady. You will love her, yeah. and she can provide a solution for you. you know? So I'm using coffee to network. Often I end up doing that and I don't even, it's just something where I'm helping people because I know that they can help each other. So this is something I'm hoping that we can do. And the fact that it's Palestine and not, you're not, you know, not um, Myanmar, you know, I, I carry guilt about that because I know that they need help in, in Myanmar as well. And yeah. I've been down there multiple times and, you know, I'm drinking their coffee at the moment because I really love their coffee. And I, I've seen the impact of what we can do by buying their coffee. And, you know, actually we've had some challenges introducing their product here because of some of the religious conflict that's gone on in Myanmar to the persecution of the, the Muslims down there. Right. But the, the communities we buy our coffee from are Buddhist. So, you know, without meaning to, and with I don't want to get involved in political politics, but without meaning to, we're providing mm. um, a storytelling to help yep. people understand where the coffee comes from. And I'm hoping we can do the same thing with this product or these products from Palestine. I have a bit of a strange question for you around that. You seem to be the person we should be using as an example of how to not make this about politics and how do we make this about people. And so my question for you is when people are sitting over coffee and when people are sitting, you know, however they're participating in the world, in the coffee industry, and people start having these 
political discussions or they start disagreeing about what's happening in the region or about what's happening in the Congo or what's happening in Syria or any of these places that are going on? How do you bring it back to being about what's important? Well, if I had an answer to that, I'd be a very, very successful person because I think it's a problem that no one has a, you know, everyone is going to come with their own biases, yeah. you know, whether we're meant or not. And something I'm learning, uh, you know, I, I quite often have like a 40-minute drive into work because mm-hmm. of traffic here at the moment. It's a bit crazy. It is. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing things like uh, either exploring different podcasts or doing LinkedIn learnings. And one LinkedIn learning I did a few months ago was about how to listen well because without meaning to, you come into a conversation already with a preconceived bias that you have, whether that's about um, being allowed to carry a gun or whether that's about your right to smoke cigarettes or whatever it will be, and 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 potentially the really difficult, you know, religion or whatever it may be, you you come with that preconceived bias. Yeah. So it was talking about how to try and put yourself in the other person's perspective and maybe change your bias to be in their shoes. Still man the position. And 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 listen, listen, mm-hmm. and try not to come up with uh, uh, an opinion or an, or, or an answer, but to know it's highly likely you will never change that person's perspective. I love that. So when the conversation gets to start to get knotted up, if we take the perspective of I'm going to hear, I'm going to listen and hear what the other person is saying without being ready to just respond and be really dogmatic about this is what's right and this is what my perspective is. Perhaps we start to solve some problems through perspective rather than through being stubborn. Well, and I think sometimes too, even when you don't mean to, all of us, we we make assumptions. All of us. That, that, that we could maybe say... Um, and I have no qualification to be answering this question, but this is, I'm just going to try. Please that, do. You know, that that maybe we go back and we say, look, so as I understand it, Lee, you're saying, am I right? This is what you're saying. And these are your key points. Ah, okay. And then, because maybe we, we're not even right in that, you know, right. because I think um, there is a lot of misunderstanding uh, that might come from body language. It might come from the way way someone else looks, you know. um, We might be able to tell where they come from by the way their accent is. So we've made an assumption already what what tact they're going to have on 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 an issue. I think you know it. It. I don't want to believe that I'm naive in thinking that if we all just as I think you said at the end of the last um, episode that if we could all show a little bit of kindness. I, I I think at a time now where this you know there seems to be so much conflict, but and I know that there there always has been, but now with connectivity, we we're living it as well, even though we're not there in these places. We're seeing the footage. Yeah. We we have young mothers who have children the same age here or anywhere in the world who are 
really struggling with their own children who are just being children who are not eating yeah. your food who are not going to bed who are not being grateful who are just being kids because that they're, they're, they're watching and they're seeing other countries other women whose children have no access to food or water or safety so that they're, they're coping with all this stress and it's not actually healthy or normal for us to be dealing with this yep and then we feel helpless and hopeless. And then we get fatigued by that helplessness and that hopelessness. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think people want to do something. We just don't know what to do. And it's horrific, the timing that, you know, we got our trade license in September for this Artisans of Palestine. Mm, wow. We never, we, we, it had been a, something we'd been planning and work, working on for a period of time, but we got the trade license, you know, we had our last trip there in September. It's been a dream for a number of years. We, we wanted to do something, even though it felt really small, to, to have a small impact. And, you know, you can have a small idea and it can take a long time to come to mm-hmm. fruition. And then there was a big, uh, a big part of it, for both Lisa and I and other people involved where we didn't know if it was the right thing to even do to have some of these markets and pop-ups because we didn't want to be seen to be um, commercialising something that was so traumatic. Um, obviously, living in the UAE, there are many different, it's, it's beautiful because there's so many different nationalities and yeah. cultures. And there are a lot of Palestinians that live here. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't want to be seen to be some, you know, little old white New Zealand lady um, jumping on some cause that really had nothing to do with me. But and, and, and on the morning of the first market that we did, I think it was the 14th of September, you know, it was a Saturday and Sunday, and Raw is really busy on Saturday and Sunday. We do yeah. 800 to 1,000 coffees and we yeah, wow. food and so we have different people coming in, you know, why why are we doing that? We were playing, you know, different music. But actually, it was a really um, beautiful weekend where we were able to collectively connect with each other and the amount of people that thanked me because they, they appreciated the fact that I wasn't... Um, a, an Arab, a, a, B, a Muslim, but that I cared. And it wasn't from mm. a perspective of um, political. It was just, you know, mother to mother saying thank right. you for caring, you know. Um, and I, I would love to think that's possible anywhere. It doesn't just have to be in the Middle East. It could be anywhere. Um, and, the, and the amount of people that I never knew you know, that have been customers for a long period of time, where they came from, that, that cared as well. But that and and oh and and you know, some Jewish Israelis who are mortified and don't want to be considered to be part of the problem. So yep. it's a it's it was powerful and very humbling. And I don't want to be thanked, actually. I don't want to be thanked. And I don't think most of the Palestinian Arabic Muslim friends I have want want to be, um, you know, to be asked how are you? Are you okay? They they they. How they do you answer faith. that question? 
Yeah, How do you answer that question right now? Is, um, which is very, I'm, I'm envious of the strength that faith gives them mm. because I think they, um, if I'm honest, I'd have to say that they've, they've been dealing with being misunderstood for such a long time. Yeah. And I, I want to be careful of what I say here. But I, what I am going to say is have uh, being um, my family are Syrian and this, the things that have happened, it, this what the conflict that's happening now um, has such a history to it and uh, involves more than just what's happening right now. And the faith that is being instilled by the Arabic the, the Arabs uh, all over the world who have been involved in conflicts like this against their will and the faith that they bring to this, whether it's Christian, whether it's Muslim, whether it's anything else, faith seems to be the thing that, and I am no religion, but uh, the faith that I witness from a lot of these people where they say um, that God will take care of them or you know, turn the other cheek or any of these kinds of things. Um, that's happened for a long, long time. You know, a lot of these conflicts have gone on for a significant amount of time. I'm starting to hear a little bit of that shift from from some people. Yes, uh, they still have that faith, but now there is an uprising that's happening over social media that is it's a different slant on things and people are getting tired of being treated this way. Um, purely because their faith has told them turn the other cheek or that they'll be taken care of or whatever it is. There's, there's, a, there's definitely a different slant that's happening on this now. When you, but when you see in the UK even, for example, more than a million people yeah. last weekend marching um, yeah. you know, for a ceasefire, that's all they're asking for, a ceasefire, but, and then their government votes today against it. You know, those people are all voting. So yep. what's going to be happening oh, yeah. in the future with this awakening? You know, it's 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 in many countries around the world where the this is not going to be forgotten. Oh, and I think we're just at the beginning. And, folks, for yeah. those of you who are used to me not being careful with the way that I choose my words because I'm not somebody who typically has to really worry about choosing my words, I'm not choosing my words because I am worried about offending anybody or I am worried about um, following rules or not following rules or anything like that. This podcast is not my about my personal opinion. This podcast is not about anything like that. Um, so that's the reason that I'm choosing my words very carefully. I'm not here to give my political stance on anything. So uh, that's just the reason that I'm choosing my words. I'm and and I that's think all what, I'm going to say want to say is that in my in my travels around the world and I'm very lucky I travel a lot all around the world yeah I, I am from a lower middle class family in New Zealand I live here Dubai while it has a very um like a reputation of being all glitzy there's there is glitz here for sure but most of us live a very normal yep. down-to-earth life and, you know, we go camping and we go hiking and mm -hmm. you know, go to the beach. You know, we're really lucky. Um, 
most of the people I meet in the coffee-growing countries around the world and then in, in uh, Palestine are normal people like me. Yep. And everyone wants to look forward to a, a, a better life for the next generation that's coming on. And a future for Where themselves. And a, and a future for themselves, yeah. And and they believe in education for their children. And and even if that means that they go without, and, and that's even for a lot of the people that are working on my team, you know, they're, they're here earning money to send back to wherever they come from, whether that's mm-hmm. Nepal, India, Bangladesh, Uganda, wherever, Kenya, they're educating their families and they're often educating their younger siblings. Yeah. And they're not actually buying houses yet because they value education. The yeah. goal is to buy a house. We encourage them. We tell them how important that is. But, you know, if everyone's going to be more education educated, you know, they're going to be more informed. So surely. It's a long game. It's a long game, yeah. 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 So, folks, join us in the next episode. We're going to talk about, how about we talk about the Tiger Leather Company next? Okay, sure. Let's do that. Join us for that, folks. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.